The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, where are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plain, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some bases! Greetings and salutations. We are back. It's another episode. Uh, this is the Noise Report. And you know what we do here, man. We we laugh. We have fun. We have lively conversation. And uh, we just talk a lot of shit, basically. So <laughs> uh, over the day, a gentleman I roped in. I learned of his uh, podcast through uh, Excursion, Dante, whatever y'all want to call him. Um, he kind of put me on to him. I dig what he does over there. Uh, and then he turned around on his podcast and he put me on to my new favorite hip hop act. So <laughs> this is kind of a whole big circle Typical. thing now. Um, uh, this is Mr. Darius DC Chambers and, uh, he don't, he don't give a rundown on himself. i tell you the name of his podcast. And I guess there's a second one that I just learned of that he takes part in and, uh, uh, yeah, so I started out as a co-host on a podcast called Blur's Eye View with the guy who I went to uh, media school with. Okay. That was my introduction to the podcast world, uh, essentially, as far as, like, doing a actual thing. Because in school, we did, like, one little fake podcast, and that was about it. So I ran with him from, uh, actually still with him, but uh, we started April 2020 um, during the pandemic and all that, so it was kind of like kind of a tough time for me because my dad just passed away so he's like hey man come come jump on the show with me uh kind of therapeutic and i was like you know what i kind of like doing this yeah and then the structure of his show is kind of comic books um cosplay video games you know the nerdy verse and i was like you know what i'm more of a video game kind of guy and i like his show and i like doing it but i feel like i was like man i i kind of want to run my stuff i kind of want to run my own show i kind of want to you know talk about what i want to talk about right so i was like how was at first you gotta have a name you know yep. you gotta have a name so my name came about it's called what the shit podcast um it is basically <laughs> something i say every damn day um it's not just a podcast it's a way of life for me it's my surprise my um what the hell moments they say what the hell or what was that or what the fuck i just say what the shit yeah um so i was saying that around the house for a while my wife was like i was like mm, maybe i should call it what the shit she's like yeah you do say that a lot and i was like you know what that's it so podcast started july of 2020 uh been around for a year going in, we're in our fourth season now going into our fifth in february um and to be honest it has grown in ways i cannot even yeah. explain um, our first season, I, I tell people, not joking, I'd be like, we was on the chopping block at NBC. We was up there next to uh, Marlon, 
uh, Keenan, Young Rock. Like, we was up there on that chopping block of not making it to our second season. Um, we had a, It was four of us. A guy left because he felt like we wasn't, you know, doing it the way he thought we should do it and, and all that. And I'm glad he left. Um, I'm glad we were up against it because it helped us evolve. Um, but we'll get into that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but pretty much, uh, you can find me uh, all places. And I'm pretty sure we'll get into that too, so I'm not going to jump yeah. the shark as I say and get too far ahead of myself because as a host, you used to know how to flow it. So being on the other side of these is kind of fun for me. Um, right. It's me not hosting, so it's me just not having control or me not running something. So it's weird, yeah. but also at the same time, it's fun. I love and being on the other side of it, man. Like <laughs> I, I haven't got a chance to do it a lot, like I think maybe two or three times, but um, I would love to like, be on the other side of it sometimes as well. Um, but what you said right there, man, is about the first season. I coach people doing this. Um, I don't make a lot of noise about it. I don't do it for everybody. But, you know, if a friend wants to get into it, I'm always the first one to be like, look, I'll, if you need any help, let me know. I'll hook you up, teach you how to do it. And that's the first thing I tell them is – you got to understand going into this that when you start, you're going to be bad. Oh, it's like God. anything. You're going to go back after two years or three years and listen to yourself. And you're going to say, fuck, what was I doing? You know, and. Not, not only that, but just. Don't look at the numbers. Like I, yeah. And what's crazy is I haven't been doing this long, but I've had people see what we've done and what I've done for my show and yeah. come to me for advice. So I'm like, damn. Okay, yeah. maybe I am doing something right because I'm not one of them people I coach football or play sports. So, right. you know, I'm not one of them accolade-type people. So I play the game to, you know, play the game and win, but at the same time, I'm having fun with it. So I'm not really looking at the yeah. numbers. I'm not looking at the accolades. I'm not really soaking it all in of the respect and admiration. So people try to give me. So when people come to me for podcasts and advice, it's humbling and it's weird. Cause I'm like, I only been doing this for a year. Right. Um, but I guess with the growth we had and the way I've done it. Um, but I tell people like my success and the way I do things might not work for you. Right. So that's one. So take everything with a grain of salt. Um, take the advice, but you have to find a way to apply it to fit you. Um, because it's a great analogy. What I eat won't make you shit. Um, so right. You know what I mean? So it's just like that thing to where, like, I can tell you and give you as much game as I can, but ultimately you have to find a way to shoot your own shot. Right. Um, so, yeah, that first year, man, if I go, if I even brought up videos, like sometimes I'll go back and look or I'll, or I'll post some stuff from our first season. Like I had a weird ass. Um, our first logo was just a picture of me with some weight, fake tape on it. And it was like the weirdest thing ever. It was not professional looking. Uh, we had, I believe, four guests in 12 episodes. Um, I couldn't find a guest. Like, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> it was like hard because I didn't know how to go approach guests. You know, I had four people. So, um, yeah, looking back on it, I, I appreciate it, though. Um, yeah. yeah. The journey to get where I'm at now in just a short year, um, that here is phenomenal, but I don't believe it yet. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one advantage I had coming into this is I had done live internet radio for like 10 years. So I already had an established uh, repertoire with 
like a lot of bands and media labels and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so getting interviews and guests wasn't my problem. It was transitioning to more editing and more it not being live and spontaneous and uh, using video because I never used video before. And I still, I don't record the video. I just record the audio side of it still because I'm still trying to learn the video side of it because something in my brain, you know, I've watched (laughs) 347 videos of, hey, this is how you screenshot video when it just never works for me. And I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Um, I guess it's an old analogy. You know, my grandma always said, and I always made a joke that even though my grandma was lily white and grew up on a farm way out in the country uh she had the soul of an old black woman because one of her favorite <laughs> things is that she tell you boy i can show you better than i can tell you yeah and that's the truest statement ever heard you uh, know our spoken period yeah and I, that's just that's me like if you show me i can get it right away but if you try to explain it to me i just don't i'm, I'm a hands-on person too so yeah that's so why. um um yeah, it, it's rough, dude. Yeah. When you're trying to learn something. Because, like, when we first started, I was doing it through Zoom. Right. And did editing, and it was painstaking trying to edit episodes yeah. right after you're done, so you're tired. And we were doing this on, we started on Sundays. Because uh-huh. um, when we started, there was no sports. So I was like, you know what, we'll do it Sunday nights. We'll record it. Um, I'll edit, get it out by Wednesday. You know, sometimes it took forever to edit because you know, you're trying to. <laughs> Make it perfect. And right. then I was like, you know what? Second season, we going live. We go. We so we started going live on Sundays. Um, and I was like, you know what? Football's coming. We got to transition because I'm not going to be up against football. Right. Um, one because I like to watch, and two, I know the viewers. Um, so we switched to Wednesdays, and still live um, every Wednesday at eight. Um, and it's been fun. Um, I kind of like the live aspect better because, like you said, it, it's spontaneous. There's no, there's no redos. Mm-hmm. It, it keeps everybody on their toes. It's one of those things where you know you'll see who has it and who don't when that red light comes on. It's, <laughs> it can be a double edged sword, though, man. Like I had an incident at the very beginning when I first met Geronimo. Geronimo was one of the very first artists who worked with me, supported me, got behind my radio show. And I had him on the show, uh, him and his brother. And I did a live interview with him. You know, his mama was listening, and she was one of the greatest women I ever... Yes, she was, yes. And uh, I had a band from Sweden that come after him. Now, this band, they were a metal band. No indication at all that anything was amiss with them. And I interviewed G, you know, and got done with it. And then about 20 minutes later, went into the live interview with this dude. And excuse my language, this motherfucker on live radio took exception to being interviewed after G. Because, excuse my language, his problem was is he didn't want to be associated with any station that played Jigaboo music. And it was like, wait, it took me a second, like, that motherfucker just say what I think he said? 
Like, yeah. I know he didn't say that on live radio. And then when I realized he said it on live radio, I was like, hold up. Motherfucker, you just say what I think you said? Oh, and he repeated radio. it. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're done. Click. And then it was like cleanup, you know, because it was like, how the fuck? You know, I got G and his mama and his brother listening and family. How the fuck do I go back and explain? Anyway, we, it was cool. You know, they understood and, and, you know, it was the respect they gave me because I cut dude off right away. And then I went into a rant like, look, mm-hmm. first off, I shouldn't have to tell no motherfucker. <laughs> like, especially this day and age, but yeah. You know, like, like, you don't say that shit on live radio. You shouldn't have the opinion to begin with. But common sense as a musician should tell you, if you want to be taken seriously, how the hell are you going to go on live radio and say some dumb shit like that? Like, uh, Well, there's an old proverb that I heard, and uh, it goes, common sense ain't all that common. Right, right. Um, <laughs> like, you think people will have common sense, especially yeah. if you're on one live radio. Right. Or li- anything live. You know right. what I mean? Um, where there's no sensors, there's no, you know, dump button or anything like that, so you're live. Two, you should have a team that should tell you that, you know what I'm saying, that, well, actually, your your parents, it should have started with your parents, you know what I'm saying? Right. When you were young. So that's where, that's where the failure, first failure of Disconnect started with the parents, uh, the way he was up, born, or associated, you know what I'm saying, as a child. Through his ages, you know what I mean? And then he was Swedish. Yeah, that's the other thing. What messed me up, dude, is his... The band was promoting a concept record, and it was about aliens and and whatnot. There was nothing in their bio on their page or nothing that gave even the slightest clue. There was nothing political. There was nothing that... I hear, oh, it's a concept record about aliens, blah, 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 you know, and I was like, okay, you're into aliens and, and super sci-fi stuff, and this motherfucker just come out of left field like, pow, and it caught me so off guard that it's one of the few times in my life I've been speechless. I was literally, it just like, my brain had to literally stop and process. Yes. Did did I really just hear what I think I heard? You know, and yeah, that's um, and that's and that's the crazy part. Yeah, because like if you, because I'm sure you know you're you're a research kind of guy. I can tell just because just the, some of the posts and everything I've seen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because when you try to research your guests, which I would tell that to people who starting out, right. you're getting guests. Research them, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> check out their posts, check out their page, affiliations, right, right. everything, because that can happen. Um, yeah. For real. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's crazy that, you know, a lot of podcasters don't fact check their guests. They don't look at, you know, past posts or, you know, say prior interviews or anything, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even their bio. Just something small, just to try to get an indication. If you're a good people person or a good reader of character, right, you can see within the first, you know, what I'm saying, few lines of their bio, like my network, right, uh, you know. But it's hard when there's no indications because you bring them on. And you're like, okay, I got a good feeling. This is gonna be good. Bring them on here, blah blah blah. Yeah, and, then, and they were know, a really they, good they, band, man. I mean, they were a very talented metal band, and like I said, it was the whole web page was, you know, the whole rundown of this great concept record. It had a great storyline and the artwork was amazing and you could tell they had spent 
considerable time and money working on this thing. Like it was, it was like they took a sci-fi movie and made a record about it, you know. And it was, it pissed me off because one, it was a failure on my part, and two, it pissed me off because it was G. Like that's, you know, that's one of my friends, man, and. You don't ever want to hear somebody say that about your friend. Yeah. Any friend. I mean, and, period, but yeah, just you to know, hear it. You know what I'm saying? That's, and it was, it hurt my heart, man. Like, like, fuck, man. Like, I felt so bad about that. And I still, like, God, it's been, shit, it's been 11 years, 10 years. And I still feel bad about that, man. Like, I just, you know, like, if there was any moment that I could go back in time and, and take back, it would be that moment, man, because it's like, you can't take words like that back, man, like, and it's just, it's crazy, like, it's out there, it's out there, it's that's what I'm saying, but they've never, you know, and the weird thing is, is after that happened, I never heard from them again, I never heard their, seen their name, I don't even remember the name of the band, and I've you actually looked it up to that try to moment. figure it out. That moment fucked them up. It's, yeah. it's one moment that can fuck up your whole career. You say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And yeah. Especially live or something. Especially something like that. Like, yeah. even if yeah. you got to watch what you say, which is, it's kind of hard for someone like me because I like to speak freely. I don't have right. a filter. But even I know what I can and cannot well, say. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a common sense thing, man. Like, look, it's okay to disagree with somebody. It's okay to have open debate. I don't even have to agree with you politically. As long as you're disagreeing with me respectfully is a key. In a civil manner and you're not being derogatory towards somebody based on something that is beyond their control. Like look, you can say Joe Biden is a piece of shit. Okay, cool. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Agree to disagree or agree right. however you feel. Exactly, exactly. But don't say a derogatory thing about Kamala based on her race or her ethnicity yeah. because that's going completely over a line that is just look for. if you're going to like dislike somebody dislike them for a legitimate reason you know you what i'm think? saying like base your shit on facts or just shut the fuck up to me like well that's that's the thing <laughs> i feel like when people take that route they have no facts they have yeah. no no concise, clear plan of what to say. So their only recourse is to go right. racial, right? Because um, you have no facts, you have no, you done haven't done your homework. You know, diddly squat about shit. Yeah. Um, so to make yourself look good, you do that, which right. to me just makes them look even worse. Because it's like that was unnecessary. Because that just makes you look dumb as hell, intelligent. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, unintelligent. You know right. Because I mean? it's like you couldn't formulate a thought not one thought rattled around in that head long enough for you to make it clear right so you just put out the the, the, the good old reliable race thing right it's just uncalled for i mean at this point it's kind of like yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i tell my wife um like even when it like i'm not surprised anymore yeah i'm surprised when it don't happen you know it's more like somebody showing up I'm more surprised if somebody shows up rather than they don't. Right, right, right. So we're going to flip this. I, I didn't mean to really get on this topic at all. I really didn't. Oh, it man, just, hey. Um, right. Let's talk some hip-hop, man, a little bit. 
throw out a few names that are, I guess, currently in your playlist. A couple people that you're huge on, some newer people, some up-and-coming people, or maybe some established people that you think maybe don't get enough respect. This season has turned into the season of music. Right. Which I didn't plan on it even being. Like, our first episode was a relationship guru in <laughs> California. Right. You know, she was she was my first guest this season. And then it was just like, we had G. We had Excursion. 80 Empire twice. Oh, man. We just had a guy last night from uh, California. His name is Easy. I got okay. uh, Diddy Green came on. He was, for those who don't know, if you ever seen the movie Lean On Me, the bathroom yep. scene where those guys are singing, he was one of them. Okay. And it was actually a real school. Okay. And Joe Clark was a real person. Blew my fucking mind. So he was in the movie because Joe used to make them sing that song, Eat Fair, East Side High, or you would get suspended. So, um,. But as far as, like, people are like, of course I got to go 80 Empire. Um, yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, their album is phenomenal. Um, Dude, that. The fact. <laughs> Dude, that. I, I'm not even. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but. Dude, that no, fucking. No. That playlist, that track list, the guest so, list on that record. That is just nuts to me, bro. To put yeah. that together for. I don't want to call them underground, but for a. Smaller group that isn't like on a major label or co-signed by like a major artist. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be different like if it was, you know, like if it was Dipset or somebody like that that had that playlist. Um, It would be understandable. But for them to put KSR1, Yuckmouth, Nems, who is just top of my list, man. I fucking love Nems. Like, they got John Connor. John Connor, which, you know, that's my boy, Lazy Bone. (laughs) I mean, dude, it's just one after the other. It's like, holy shit, bro. Like, like the love and the time, the the effort, you can tell that went into this record, man, is just. So, man, so they came on, the first time we met them was in November. Right. Um, They came on, they were talking about the album. Um, You know, we, 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 the first time ever meeting them. Because yep. um, I have a PR firm I've been working with out of Toronto. Okay. So they're one of their clients. So, again, like I said, not being, planning on being a season of music. Yep. But they hit me up before the season started. I only had the one guest book. So, I'm like, I got one guest. Uh, from here on out, we'll probably just play it by ear as far as guests. And then they started sending me guests after guests. And they were one of them. So <laughs> they researching on them. Yeah, so doing research on them, I was like, damn. I love their music. Yeah, uh, I went. To, I, I felt. I told them. I joked around. I was like, I fell down a rabbit hole of you guys' YouTube page. Yeah, because they've been out for twelve years. Yeah, people don't know that they've been making music since two thousand. I want to say ten. Yeah, when they started, um, their sound has kind of changed, but it's still the same. They do yeah. everything in house. All their beats and everything right. they make in their home. Yeah, um, and they own their own record label, Gladiator Records. Yep. So. I started listening to music, and I'm like, damn, this is nice stuff. So yep. when they came on, I was joking with them. I was like, yeah, you know, I fell down a rabbit hole. We got to talking. Um, one of the brothers, Lucas, his birthday is December 3rd. So we were both Sagittarius. So I was like, well, my birthday is December 8th. They was like, well, we got an album drop December 10th. And I was joking around, like, well, if you guys, you know, want to come back and talk about it, whatever. You know, I'm, my birthday's on, on a Wednesday. You know, show, we do the show. They're like, you know what? We'll do you one better. We'll have a listening party. We'll play some songs from the album. And I was just like floors. So 
fast forward to that episode when they came on, the first song they played was I Played Salute Me, which was the single off the album. Yeah, oh, man. Um, the next one they played was Fallen Angel. That was the song I Fell In Love With. Okay. Uh, Adrian is the uh, the other brother. He sings. And what's crazy is he had COVID. Um, I'm pretty sure when you have them on, I'll let them tell the story. I don't like telling other people's story. Yeah, because I, I got I got them interviewed for Monday, so. Ah, uh, man, I got I, I can't wait. wait. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm telling you, these guys are fucking amazing. Yeah. I cannot speak highly enough about them. Yeah. Um, they probably won't tell you this, but we had a Thanksgiving drive, and they, they didn't nobody ask. Oh, man. I mean, we were just talking about it. They kicked in. The first sponsor we had for this Thanksgiving drive, and I think our budget was like sixty-seven dollars, something around there. They kicked in a hundred. See, and that's out of their own pocket. That's when you know. First time we ever met these guys, man. So I was like, you know what? I fucks with these guys. Yeah, that's when you know people are real, right there, is when they, you know, it's yeah. And and then the crazy part. So fast forward to why I really love them. So they're coming out. Spoiler alert, they'll probably tell you, but Anthem's and Icons, too. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> our podcast is going to be on an interlude for that CD. Damn. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen in for sure, Ben, because... That's, that's how dope these guys are. Again, damn. we didn't mention it, we didn't say anything, we were just talking, doing our thing, and I was like, you know what, we want to have you guys on an interlude on the album, Anthem's and Icons, too. Nice. Lord me. Um, nice. So they have to be number one. They're number one in my heart, yeah. no matter what. I don't care. Can't nobody tell me nothing bad about these guys. Yeah. I will die for these guys, and I yeah, really do that. <laughs> I mean, look, um, I, I make my year-end list generally around the first week of December because a lot of stuff normally don't really come out in December. And the stuff that normally does come out in December, it don't really – it's kind of just a blip on the radar. Um, it doesn't really change my mind. But this December, man, is like – AD Empire, Remedy, uh, who's a woo affiliate, and fucking Cannabis all dropped records, like, in the second week of December. And it was like, damn, y'all killing me, man. You come out two weeks after I make my list, you gonna make me fuck, fuck around and change my list up, because... You have to, man, because... Yeah. I, like I said, I... Listen to, and I listened to that album, and, and it's one of those ones, I have a favorite song. Everybody's gonna have. There's so much. There's, there's so many different vibes on this. They have mm-hmm. reggae vibe. Yeah. I'm um, saying they have kind of a Miami vibe. Like a, you can just chill. Yeah. They have one of those vibes where you, if you smoke weed, Fallen yep. Angel is gonna be that song. Yeah. You can just spark one up, relax, and just chill. Um. So I would have to put them number one on the list. Number two, I would be remiss if I didn't do my guy G Black. I mean, I have to yeah. because. His work ethic alone, yeah, and the fact that he makes dope ass thing songs. Um, he did our thing songs, and what was crazy about it is I went to him because I'm a Kanye fan. Yeah, All of the Lights is one of those songs that I can just vibe to, and I was like, dog, I kind of want an All of the Lights kind of song theme song. Yeah, he found me a beat, damn near like it. A couple weeks later, he let me listen to the track. I was like, dog, I'm never changing my theme song ever. Yep. Like this is it for the rest of forever um man i mean there's there's a lot of people i can name um, yeah if i'm just naming and if i'm not i'm not gonna do this as favorites i'm just gonna name yeah. people because 
I want to get some names out there. Um, Chief Vix and Miss Dean is a rap group from Akron. They okay. are a husband and wife duo who put out a rap CD together, um, doing crazy numbers. They went viral. Um, song called "Same Chick" went viral on World Star, over a million views. I don't know where they had probably close nice. to now. Um, first hip hop couple to do it, you know, because you had Jay Z and Beyonce, but Beyonce sung the whole most right. of the song. These are two rappers rapping together on the same album. Uh, gotta go excursion, man. Uh, yeah. I joke with him all the time. I'm like, dog, your voice don't match your body. <laughs> he uh, doesn't. He, <laughs> I, dude, I bust, I bust his balls all the time. It's like every time I hear him, I just see Method, man. Like he just, his voice uh, reminds me so much of Method. Not like, only that, I grew up in Akron, so hearing his name, I've never really seen him. Mm-hmm. You know, I see. Uh, you know, Dante, but I've never seen Excursion. So, <laughs> I never put the two and two together until I really started looking on, on Facebook, you know, a little more. Right. And then I was like, wait a minute. Because, like, growing, like, you know, 2010, 2012, around that time, I would hear about him, but I'd never seen him. And everybody right. would talk about his voice. But I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm thinking this dude's a mystery or fake. So then, you know, fast forward to him coming on the show, I was like, dog, you... Your shit don't match your shit, bro. Like, your <laughs> voice don't match who you are. That's like Kevin Durant calling himself Mack Truck. Like, that shit just don't... And then he picked the biggest truck name to go out here as a rapper. And I'm just like, dog, I like you like you have to play off that. Like, that right. history of who you are matching your voice don't match. Yep. But that's that's the cool thing about it. Um, I got to shout out my cousin. His name is Peso Luciano, man. He's doing some things in Akron. Um really like what he's doing um he's not really new he just switched his name did a little rebranding um i had a guy like i said last night his name is easy i love his music he got a song called player shit when i'm talking nice. man it's on a yacht i joked with him i was like dog the next time you hit a yacht invite us like right. we just be in the background we ain't even got to show our faces because you know wife and everything because it was a lot it was it was reminding me of boats and holes from uh stepbrothers <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on <laughs> Oh, damn, I mean, there's so many more. Uh, A producer, uh, his name is Tay-Tay Made It. He's from Akron. He's a nice-ass producer. Um, My cousin TJ Powell's a rapper. He's from Akron. Um, Like, there's a lot of cats just, I mean, like, yeah, the list, I don't want to leave. And I I hate doing these lists because I feel like if I leave somebody off, they're going to get pissed because I know these people. And they're like, dog, you forgot about, like, dog, there's so many people. And yeah, it's, time, I don't wanna... <laughs> no, it is. It's hard, bro, because I'm the same way. Like, I get on, I'm famous for, you know, the Eminem thing. Like, I'm not an M fan. Um, uh, respectfully. I can't, I can't, respectfully. I can't disagree with you, man. I, well, no, it's, I, I, it's I cool. Like, I, I, I can't. Like, I, I'm not an Eminem fan either. Like, I was in the beginning, but I think around Rehab, yep. that album kind of changed it for me. And it was just like, after that, I. I am adamant. I am adamant that, and and I get hate for this because you know all the dick riders come out when I say this. <laughs> and everybody, oh, M is the greatest of all time. Motherfucker, mm-hmm. M ain't even the greatest in Detroit. No. Okay, like look, I will stack M versus Royce any day and put my money on Royce. Period. I said what I said. Fat Father, Aztec the Barfly. Uh, Rome Streets. Uh, I mean, there's so many. 
And I'm the same way, like, being from Detroit. Like, Detroit is stacked, man. It isn't just about M. Like, there are cats in Detroit that are... I have a guy on my show who's actually from Detroit. Okay. He will swear by not liking Eminem. Like, he he is not... And he's from Detroit. So, I take his word for it because he's he's younger than me. So, he's tapped into the Detroit music scene, uh, Toledo music scene. So he, he he told me he's like, bro, him and him is not. He's not. That. I'm like, he's not. But I'm gonna tell everyone. Soon. I'm gonna tell everyone right now, and I've said this. I'll say it a hundred times. If you take away Dre's influence, and you take away Proof's cosine from Eminem, Eminem is just cannabis with better strong structures. Period. He's the white cannabis. Okay, he's got that same <laughs> thing. Um, but I would I tell I tell this story, and people don't think think I'm bullshitting. I ran a record store when M first came out, when he did the Infinite CD. Okay, we could not give those fucking things away. He bought space in our record store, and those things would sit on the shelf and just take up space. We couldn't give the fucking things away. But as soon as he, as soon as Dre heard him, and that name got out there, everybody wanted the Infinite Bottom, record. Yeah. Like you didn't six months ago, you didn't want the shit. Like we had a whole racket of motherfuckers that taken up space that we couldn't use for Public does. Enemy KSR one or none of the ones that were actually selling. We couldn't put Detroit's most wanted on that fucking space. We couldn't put ICP. We couldn't put any other Detroit rappers that were actually selling at the time. Whether you like them or not, that had to go to M. M's people were, you know, we paid you for that space. That's our space. All right, cool. You do what you got to do, but you couldn't give the damn things away. And then all of a sudden, Dre heard them. You know, it's a, to me, M is a, he is a perfect case of right place, right time, and then saying the most outrageous shit. You know, because I've said this, and you can, Correct me if I'm wrong in this. Okay, as a white dude, <laughs> if a black rapper came out the same way, saying the same fucked up crazy shit, nobody well. is fucking with that dude. Now, he get labeled uh, weird. Yeah. Tyler Creator is a, is a perfect example. Tyler the Creator, it took him the longest time to be considered a real rapper. Because Tyler Creator was saying some weird ass, off the wall, crazy shit, wearing weird ass shit, just doing yep. a lot of weird ass shit. But he could rap, right? Like, he could really rap. But the weirdness of it in the black community was like, we ain't fucking with him. That shit weird. We want our gang. We want our rappers gangster. Well, that's what and I'm saying Tyler though. Tyler Creator like, wasn't. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, I mean, I love cerebral hip hop. Like to me, KSR One is always going to be the greatest. Mm-hmm. Rapper, like nobody touches KSR for me. One because of the personal connection. When I, the way I grew up, coming from the racist family, and then being, and when I got into foster care, uh, being thrown onto the north side of Flint, and being the only white kid at Flint Northwestern High School, it was culture shock like a motherfucker. Okay, like look, <laughs> I walked into that school, and I opened them doors, and the entire school. Stopped. Movie, movie. You know, looking at me like, 
Oh, fuck, are you lost? Like, the fuck is going... Why are you here? And I call... Dude, I spent the entire day doing nothing but answering who I was, where I was from, what my background was, you know, what my credentials were, all that other bullshit, because, like, look, I had a choice. I could go to Flint Northwestern or I could go to Flint Beecher. Now, Flint Northwestern was about a block down the road from where I live. Flint Beecher was about a mile and a half away. I knew I was going to get my ass kicked as the white kid before I got some, you know, whatever. So my reasoning was, look, I could go to the better school, but it's a mile and a half away, or I could go to the bad school, which is only like a block away. I got a better chance of running my ass home from a block than I do a mile and a half. <laughs> you know? like, like, I'm a lot closer to home over here. Um, but it was cool, you know, like, I, I met the Dayton family, I met, uh, Jake the Flake, and a whole bunch of them Flint dudes that, you know, kind of took me under their wing and, you know, allowed me to hang out and do things that I think a lot of white dudes probably would have never been able to, to do, you know, <laughs> um, so I'm thankful for that, but. It's what got me into hip-hop. So uh, when I was turned on to KSR1, you know, it was, uh, again, kind of a culture shock thing. Like, I'd never heard anyone spit like that, but also not with the knowledge and the skill that he talks about, you know. And it was very different for me. And I just, to this day, like, I don't necessarily agree with 100% of everything he says all the time, but you can't deny that even 45 years later, dude is still it just holds, yeah, it's untouchable. Um, you know, Latifah has always been one of my favorites. I love Latifah. Um, you know, <laughs> but new cats, Nems. I love Nems because Nems just talks shit and he don't even care. Like, <laughs> you know, like everybody's getting on to Nems now because of the bing bong thing. Mm. But kind of like, AD Empire, man, Nem's been around for like 12, 15, 20 years, you know. Yeah, but you, people don't realize that because what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, that's why when you have somebody who knows a lot of underground, a lot of, like, let's take T.I., for example. Yep. My cousin is from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So back before T.I. was hot up here, my cousin brought the CD up here. I'm serious. Yep. So I took it from him. And I'm playing, and people are like, who the fuck is that guy? Oh, man, what the fuck is that yep. music? What you listening to? Man, fuck that nigga, man. Nobody care about that down south shit and all that. <laughs> Fast forward. Uh, the next album came out, what was it, Urban Legend, I believe it was? Where he Maybe. was playing the uh, piano. Okay. Be Easy. And all that came out. Then people started, like, a little buzz. People started really, you know what I'm saying? And then he came out with, uh, what you know about that and all that. And people really was like, oh, oh, yeah, G.I. I was like, nigga. I was playing this three, four years ago. Y'all said fuck him. Yo. Now because he's mainstream, now it's hot. Yo. Man, forget y'all. I was playing because I, I took the CD from yeah. him. He went back to Atlanta. I hid the CD purposely yeah. just so I could keep it. That's how I became a T.I. fan yeah. before. Yeah, a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Except for the people, of course, people down south had him already. But I mean, yeah. up north, we get music slower, especially here yeah. in the Midwest. That's the problem. That's the thing about the Midwest. 
we get music so slowly yeah. that they could be at New York for three years before they even touch, you know, this direction, especially out in Cali, down south. Right, so right. having this guy and having that city and knowing about him and being able to be like, <laughs> I heard him before everybody else was a big thing to me. So I know there's some cats who, like Eddie Empire, there's yep. people who knew about him. Jelly Roll is one that I'm so amused by the Jelly Roll thing, like seeing Jelly blow up. Everybody, because he's got Save Me and all of these songs, he's starting to blow up. And they're like, oh, you know, Jelly, Jelly, Jelly. And I was like, man, I booked Jelly and Haystack in a show together back in like 2004 in Little Rock. You know, <laughs> these dudes are these dudes are damn near ready to retire, and they're just now starting to blow up. Cause, Getting their flowers, it's, and I hate that because yeah. it's like, you have somebody who like that, like Eighty Empire, like I said, like Ti. Yeah. Well, Ti got his a little earlier, right. but right, right. Um, those under, I want to say, I'm not gonna say underground. I'm gonna say independent artists who yep. don't have that major, who don't get that major push. Yep. Um, that's why I was so happy for Eighty Empire when you know they they topped yeah. a million streams, and you know now they're getting like even in Toronto they're getting a lot of love. It's like, well, Toronto should have been loving you first, right? You know what I mean, but that's like, that's the thing about um, not having that major push. Even the local scene like, might not fuck with you like they yeah. should. Um, but yeah, when you're independent or you don't have, get that major push early, it's a harder grind. But I think it's more respectable when you do get that. You know what I mean? That that yeah. that love and that that oh man, we I'm sorry we slept on you kind of thing. Yeah. Cause like you said, Jelly Rolling them, they've been around. You booked them for shows, and they they were they've been making yeah. noise. But and they were they selling out. Like the night that I booked Haystack and Jelly Roll, and this was in 2004. It was October 2004. Uh, I think it was like October 15th or so. It was middle of the month. We booked out a little ass club. It's supposed to hold about 200 people, two 300 people. We sold 600 tickets, and then. Fucked around spending two weeks trying to find a bigger venue to put it in so that we didn't have to give refunds back because obviously you can't put 600 people in a 200 thing. Venue. Right, yeah. So yeah, we, last ditch effort, we were kind of like, all right, look, we went to this place called, it's called Sticky Fingers Chicken Shack. And <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> the crazy thing about Sticky Fingers is it's a chicken place. But when you go inside it, they've got the craziest artwork all over the walls. Like, it, it's a, an art gallery that's basically a music venue. But it's a bigger place. They've got a lot of space. So I went to the owner of Sticky, and I said, look, this is what I did. I need a bigger venue. I know it's last minute. You probably got someone booked. This is what I'll do, man. Like, I need a bigger club. I will give you every dime of the door coming in. I will pay. I've already paid for them to come play. But I need a bigger club. I'll give you whatever you want if you give us this club for the night. And we had people walking in off the street buying tickets just from the billboard. So he ended up making a bunch of money. I made a bunch of money. And it was a cool deal, but it was a lot of work. It made me not want to do it a lot after that because <laughs> I thought, hey, I'll book these dudes. I'll throw them the cash and throw them up on the stage. And I learned, like, whoa, there's a lot more 
that goes into that shit than just you know, it ain't just a phone call, cash exchange, and then play some music. They make that shit look easy in movies. Right, you know? <laughs> I was like, wait. Hey, I got this club I want you to play. Come on down. I got 1500 for you. They yeah, like, like wait. Game. This shit ain't like house party at all. Like, the fuck is up, uh, man? <laughs> like, you know? Um, she got weird. Yeah, love. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I'm just gonna change gears. I, I ain't even gonna transition. Fuck it. We gonna we gonna just <laughs> oh, fuck. on the spot, man. I would love to see my Baltimore Ravens in it, but we have half the fucking team dead right now. <laughs> right. Like, I think that's a lot of teams this year. Oh my god! Like we started off with like 14 people on IR before week one. Like our shit is bad. Um, Lamar just got hurt last week. We lost our starting cornerback, but we was down to one starting cornerback. Like, it's bad. So, I, I can't root against, I can't bet against Tom Brady. Right. Fucking, <laughs> you, you as much never, as I fucking hate As much him, as you want to, you just know not to, like. But, like, this motherfucker might really play to least 60, man. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's. I don't know. You know what's crazy about Brady, man? Is, I fucking hate that guy, but I like him at the same time. I respect him. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a respect like hate. It's like, I, he's not, as he's getting older, he's not getting worse. That's his problem. Like, you know, Ben turned his shit. Yeah, and it's not like the fucker's taking steroids, because he's not getting any bigger. He's not getting more muscular or anything like that. It's just... He's getting smarter. That's something, bro. Like, it's just... With the rule changes that happened over the past few years, where you can't really touch a quarterback, yeah. you can't really, you know what I'm saying, you can't really touch the receiver after so many yards, he's getting, he got smarter. And New England, he had Belichick, who was a smart-ass coach. He has Bruce Arians, who was another smart-ass coach. So right. <laughs> like he went from yeah. fucking... Uh, Bill Belichick to Hugh Jackson like he went from one smart mind to another you right. know um, but Tom Brady is not a system quarterback and I hate that people say that like oh it's all Belichick no Tom Brady was smart as fuck yeah Tom Brady if you look at he's the ev- evolution of Tom Brady he's cerebral yeah he's not just looking to do shit to do it yeah he's studying tape he's finding your weakness yeah. and making it his strength yeah Tom Brady's diligent like Aaron Rodgers He's a gunslinger. Peyton Manning, he was smart, but he's not Tom Brady smart. Or yeah. he'd still be playing. <laughs> like, right. That's as simple as that. Drew Brees was a good quarterback, but he wasn't Tom Brady or he'll still be playing. Right. You know what I mean, like, I believe Tom Brady has the ability to probably play another fucking five years. Like, seriously, because yeah. if he has a good line, he has good weapons, he's, he's never had the biggest arm. So it's not like he was throwing bombs his whole right. career fucking his arm up. He was throwing where you let him. Yeah. So give him five yards, apart. he's throwing for three. Yeah, pick you apart. give him ten yards, he's throwing for five. Yeah. You give him no yards, he's throwing the, the hot route to the running back or something. Like, yeah. he's just that damn good that he sees what you're doing. He sees what you're trying to take away, and he'll find somebody else. Yep. He brought Gronk out of retirement because Gronk knew my yeah. best chance of winning is with Tom Brady and Tom Brady alone. Right. There's nobody else I can go who's going to feed me the ball but also get me a ring. Yeah. Which is why I believe he can still play, so I can't count him out. So if yeah. I had to go NFC, I'm the, the Bucks. Like they, they brought back all 22 starters from last year. 
they're intact from last year. Yeah. They won a Super Bowl last year. Let's and they always intact. get better at the end. It's like it yeah. seems like as the later the season goes, the better Why they you get. Have seen a stat? I think he was like twenty and oh in the red zone with no interceptions, like twenty touchdowns, no mm-hmm. interceptions in the red zone. Come on, man, we're talking about Tom Brady. So if you let him get to the red zone, he's gonna kill you. Yeah. That's that. He's not throwing picks, you know. So yeah. and their defense is playing out of this world. So you can't root against the Bucks. AFC, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> AFC is a log jam. All over the place because yeah. the Chiefs playing like shit. Yeah. Um. Of course, the Ravens were fucking hurt. The Patriots are there, but they have a rookie quarterback. So, do you really trust them to? Because the playoffs right. in the regular season are two different it, animals. Exactly. Exactly. In the playoffs, it's one and done. So, I'm going to throw everything at this rookie quarterback and make him beat me. Can he do that? Because he went to Alabama, people think he can. I don't think so because not a lot of Alabama quarterbacks has had success in the NFL. I mean, the track record for quarterbacks yeah. in Alabama is not that great. Um, right. But, again, Bill Belichick, he's, he's, he's yeah. cerebral. He, he's where Tom Brady learned how to take away yeah. your best thing and make it your weakness. Um, right. So right. I can't count them out. And their defense is starting to play well, too. Um, the Chargers fell off. The Bengals fell off. Um, the Browns. I don't know. Or the Browns. <laughs> yeah, well, the Browns are the Browns. I you know, I'm trying to As a lifelong Lions fan, I feel that so bad, dude. Like, oh, man. Like, I mean, you know. I give my guy Courtney Hill because he's a Lions fan. Um, yeah. It's just, that, it, that, I don't understand it, though. Because <clears throat> it's Jared Goff, too. And then you have a Ricky head coach. So it's a lot of a Ricky head coach who played tight end in the league and now is a head coach. Not understanding the hiring, but okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, AFC. It's it's crapshoot. Like, ask me again week before the playoffs start. Who I think will win? Because yeah. I have no idea. I don't even know who. Like, I think right now the Patriots are the number one seed by default. Um, the Titans don't have Derrick Henry. You know, so it's like, man, all these teams who might have been. I don't trust the Colts. Even though they're playing well, you stop their running game. You have you still have Carson Wentz. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Let's not forget, didn't win the Super Bowl in Philly. Yeah. He didn't even he have really not played a full season yet. Yeah. So, I think I think uh, the Cowboys and the Cardinals are both ahead of the Patriots in the NFC. Um, but the Cowboys yeah. the last few weeks they've been exposed. Like they got the definite Cowboys, weaknesses. You know, talk about somebody being somebody. The Cowboys is who we thought they are. They're good in the beginning. Yeah, they can't finish a season. Yeah, um, and, and, the, and Cardinals, the Cardinals, they got Kyler Murray. He's a rookie, so down. he's got that same thing going for him. Like, is he uh, going to be able to finish in the playoffs? You know, and and, and the, they just lost their star wide receiver, so now you're playing. Yeah, AJ Green, who got booted out of Cincinnati, so you know I can't trust him. And you got a whole bunch of young players, so your quarterback lost his best weapon right. for the season. Um, so I don't like uh, Washington. They were playing good. Now they playing like trash. So I mean, it didn't. Yeah. They were at a time to where it's seventeen games this season. So you're, it's eighteen weeks. So this is a whole now. Now we have where you can't be five hundred. Like you can't go eight and seven and or you know nine and eight or what is it nine about nine and nine eight and eight and make right. the playoffs. You can't be eight and eight. Or nine and seven. Yeah, you know I mean, you have to be above five hundred to really make the playoff because there's not that that giveaway game this year. So, 
they did with scheduling, they made a lot of um, changes. Like, you're playing a lot of more uh, conference games, divisional games towards the end of the season. So now you can't take that last week on, like, oh, we're going to rest players. You might need that last game. So now you're starting starters. So it's, it's going to be a different animal. That's why I think this season is experimental. So whoever wins, I think we'll have an advantage going forward is because nobody knows what to expect. You got COVID, you got yeah. injuries, you got yeah, so many. It's... Like just this week, so just this week alone, um, there are so many teams with like 10 to 15 players on the COVID list. Right. So they're, they're toying around with either not, because they're not canceling games. Like last year right. they canceled a few games, postponed them, rescheduled them. They're like, nope, we're playing through. So either they out, or what they're going to do is if you're vaccinated but you have no symptoms, you can play as long as you don't have a positive test or something like that. Right. Uh, not, as long as you're not showing symptoms. Right. If you're not vaccinated, you have to take a COVID test. And it has to be negative before you can play. And if you're not vaccinated and you have symptoms, you can't play at all. So it's either going to be that to where you have to go through all these hoops to play or you're not going to play at all. So just this week alone – a lot of teams might lose ground because right. Cleveland Browns are down two quarterbacks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, their Baker Mayfield's not playing. Now their backup's not playing. So now they're down to the third string. So it's a lot of teams. Like, it's just a lot. This year yeah. has been. It's a crazy year. Fantasy, it's, it's bananas because it's like you don't know what's going to happen. You truly do not know yeah. who's going to win because it's so many different variables this season now alone. And yeah. that's why football is my favorite sport because yeah. I love the game. Um, I coached, like I said, I coached it. I played, I played Madden all the time. Hell, I was just playing before I got on. Like I nice. love football, and I watch it, and it's the one sport that is just you never know because it's week to week, and the playoffs are one and done, and it's just so many things, and it's just a physical game. So I mean, you yeah. can get hurt this week and miss a few weeks and come back, and now your team's out of the race because you know it's just it's so many variables, but. I, it's, we're coming down to the stretch. It's four yeah. weeks left, man, and it's it's gonna be dog fights. Yeah, it's gonna be tooth and nail, and I, I'm here for it. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, you uh, <laughs> you you definitely one thing I know for sure. You got a lot of people in Vegas right now that are probably Boss. really really nervous, and you're gonna see them changing odds up real quick, man. Because well, yeah, because that's it's funny you say that because the Cleveland line was against the Raiders was. Negative. It was a uh, minus six for the Browns. Okay. After the COVID list came out, it's plus one for the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of lines have changed. Yeah. Man. Like just you know what I mean. So lines have changed. Like yeah. it's just so many things have changed. It's in, in a span of what this Thursday. So there's a game going on right now. I don't remember who's playing, but yeah. Like, even, like, tonight, I'm pretty sure if I looked at my fantasy team, which is doing, like, shit, I cannot play fantasy football to save my life. Yeah, I, I never could, bro. Like, I... Well, it's, it's a crapshoot. Like, it's 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 worse than playing Madden. Like, you yeah. don't know who's going to play. I drafted, I got Lamar Jackson. I got, you know what I mean? I got players, but they don't play well. I don't <laughs> win. So, I'm like, fuck that. Like, I, did, last year. I did fantasy football one year. Dude, I was so goddamn bad at it. I made the Detroit Lions look like the 79 Steelers, bro. Like, <laughs> it was horrible. I was like, I was like, how the, what am I doing wrong? Because I was like, 
I was like 0 and 347, and you know, man, my team got outscored by like a thousand points, and I had good players. I mean, I thought I had a well-rounded team. I'm sitting here researching, and think you do until you don't. Yeah, like like, I was like, yeah, I'm not cut out for this. I don't have control. So I can start somebody who I'll be like, okay, last week they did great. You know, they got me 20 points last week. I had them on the bench. This week I'm going to start them. And then this week they get fucking three. And I'll be like, what the fuck? And the dude who I bench gets 20. And I'm like, what the hell? And then my running backs get nothing. Or a fucking fumbles. So it's like negative five for this dude, 10 here, five there. And I'm just like, oh, my God, there's no control. Like, it's, it's so finicky because like one week a motherfucker might go off for 20-30 points and the next week like take dude from uh I had Kendrick Bourne from the Patriots okay so the week before like two weeks ago because they had a bye last week so two weeks ago three weeks ago he goes off 20 points the next week I think they playing the Bills and it's like fucking windy and can't nobody throw so this dude got like three <laughs> he went from 20 to three and then have a buy, so I'm just like, man, I, I can't do this. It's too stressful. I gotta. Then you gotta set your lineup. You gotta remember who got a buy. And with 17 games now, the buy weeks are coming later and later. So it's just like, I don't like this. Fantasy uh, football ain't for me. But fantasy basketball is the worst. That shit is. I've never painful. played that. I. So, like football is week to week. Basketball is a week. You literally have to watch your lineup every fucking day. Yeah. It is horrible. I'll never play fantasy basketball ever again. I need it. One I, my brothers asked me. I have an idea. I want to create a fantasy league for professional wrestling. And I want it to be, I want it to include everybody. I want to create it so that you literally have the ability to kind of put people together that would never be put together. Like, I could take AJ Styles from WWE and I could put him with, like, you know, I could put him, like, with uh, uh, Cody Rhodes from AEW and form a tag team and base it off their individual. And then, not just, because obviously, but I'm saying, like, obviously the matches are predetermined. Um, So, you base it off, okay, you know, is a finisher used? Is Stop a submission or uh, a, uh, a you know a count out, or is it a no disqualification? You you count for uh, uh, um, what I want to say turns and all of that. You know, are they going to go uh, heel to face or face to heel? Um, you know, debuts of new wrestlers, different things that you don't necessarily control. Because obviously you aren't going to know, sometimes you are, but you aren't going to know going in, uh, for example, Taz's son that just debuted. Um, You don't have a lot of information going into that match, what's going to happen, other than knowing that it's Taz's son and he's probably going to be a little badass because, you know, I I don't see Taz raising a a kid who's weak. (laughs) Taz don't strike me. Well, your name is a suplex... Machine, I'm pretty sure you're not raising uh, accounts. Right, and I, <laughs> you know, I I hadn't seen him. I heard all about oh, Hook debuted, Hook debuted, and I hadn't watched AEW in a while, so I didn't know who he was. 
And then I was like, oh, oh it's- that's his son. Okay. Yeah. I have seen, I see, I haven't watched in a yeah. while. I haven't watched wrestling in a while just because I got, yeah. got turned off. Because WWE kind of turned me off. Right? Yeah, WWE just... Uh, all the, um, all these fucking releases. And, yeah, I'm still so, going to buy the game when it come out. I'll say that. Um, yeah. Um, so anyways, a wrestling game. <laughs> I hear all about this thing. I haven't seen Hook yet. I just know he's Taz's son. So I'm expecting like this big, thick dude. And this little... Yeah, like You know, like that. little Darby Allen dude comes out. And I'm like, wait. Yeah. He don't look nothing like Taz. Yeah, he and don't look like scrawny, Taz. And I was like, all right, why are they hyping this dude up? And then he went in there and just a little wiry motherfucker, man, just, I was like, all right, dude, look, that's definitely Taz's son. That finishing move, that over-the-shoulder suplex, that that Tazplex that he did, I was like, yeah, that's definitely Taz's son. The attitude. Yeah, because I've caught some of the stuff on Instagram, but I was like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't catch none of the parts of them saying that was his son. I just was like, who the fuck is Hook? Because everybody kept talking about yeah, him. Yeah, that's Taz's son. I was on son. Instagram and some of his stuff came up, and I was like, oh. It's okay, Taz's son. And, um, I think he's got a hell of a future. From what I saw, he he's very, very fluent in the in in the ring, man. Like, he's just very I mean, natural. I doubt it, though, because, um, like I said, when Taz is your dad, you, yeah, I don't think I think when you're born, you come out wrestling the doctor for air. <laughs> like I just feel right. like <laughs> you arm bar the doctor straight out the womb. Right, when your dad's <laughs> son. Like I just feel like there's a lot of like the Hart family. Yeah, you know what I'm saying the Anoas. Um, yeah, you know all the Samoan wrestlers. I feel like people who are born Randy Orton. You know your third yeah. generation. I feel, feel like you yeah. are destined. So have you seen? Have you seen Brian, Brian Breaker yet? Ain't that uh, one of the Steiner uh, yeah, it's Rick's, brothers? Uh, it's Rick's son. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I've seen him. Yeah, he uh, sounds so much like fucking Scott, though. Like, yeah. He opens his he mouth like and it just... Looks like Rick, but sounds like Scott. <laughs> yeah, like like he opened his mouth that first time and went to speak. And I, I whip my head around because I'm looking like... The fuck is Scott at? Big bad booty daddy. Like, I was like, all right, somebody gave Scott a microphone. He's standing somewhere. And then I noticed, or I realized it was him, and I was like, oh, damn. Like, um, you know, Bray Wyatt, for example. When Bray. I fucking love Bray Wyatt. I'm so. I'm going to say this. People talk about, obviously, Bray being who he is and the son of who he is. One name. One name that never gets mentioned in association with him that should get mentioned in association with him. If you watch Bray, his character, his mannerisms, everything, you can tell that growing up around Kevin Sullivan totally seeped into him. Mm -hmm. Period. You always hear, oh, that's the son of... You know, Mike Rotunda, that's the, the, the you know, a nephew of Barry, whatnot. But if you go back, if you know anything about Calvin Sullivan, that was where that type of character come from. Mm-hmm. The Fiend. And Kevin Sullivan was a fucking psychopath. Genius in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he was... He was a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah, but it was a beautiful mind. Yeah, like yeah. Some of the characters that he brought to life. Yeah. I mean, he didn't get enough credit. 
and Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Um, even though he had that influence from him, Bray Wyatt is another fucking genius. Like yeah, marketing. He, I mean, he he, he learned, but characters. he's doing his own. Yeah, like his shit was fucking out of yeah. this world. Just the Fiend character alone, just beginning, because like Husky Harris. Mm-hmm. Wasn't nobody behind that motherfucker. Like his name was Husky Harris. <laughs> <laughs> like right. the whole Nexus got screwed. Like let's yeah. just say that the whole Nexus got screwed. They got a bad bit. Um, but being a lot of them was able to reinvent themselves and did good with it. A lot of them. Yeah. Um, uh, but Bray Wyatt was the one out yeah. of that whole group who really Curtis Axel. I give him second. Right. Uh, Wade Barrett, I would, but the whole bad news thing, yeah. I like Wade as an actor. I, I really I like, like the two actor. movies that he's but done. But I didn't like that. I got some bad news for you. Yeah, that, that shit. There's, that shit, there's some cool gimmicks, man, that. that just, they're, they're so oh cheesy. God. They're so dumb that just, it, it pisses I mean, you off to see them get wasted. wrestler get, yeah, like. Like Diesel, like Kevin Nash, when he was yeah. uh, in WCW, <laughs> they had this weird character when, for him. When, when he debuted as Laser. Yeah, like, that like, fucker. Like, they, what the they, fuck was that? They fucking, I mean, they, they dressed him up like fucking Ultron, basically. Like a six foot ten version of fucking Ultron with silver like and purple. Fucking, like, yeah, it was like a fucking that shit. Like, you know, there was like, a lot of Glacier was another weird character. You know what? This is the craziest thing, man. In 2005, at the height of when Glacier and The Wall were a tag team. The Wall. I flew from Little Rock to North Carolina to visit a friend. Flying back from North Carolina, I landed in Atlanta and I was walking across the airport. I got in line. And in front of me was this massive ass fucking dude. And I'm standing there like. Fuck, man, that dude's fucking huge. And uh, I'm not thinking about it. You know, I'm kind of paying attention to the ticket and just thinking, like, this is a big-ass fucking dude. About five minutes later, Glacier walks by my shoulder and stops by the dude. Now, I know, even without the contacts, oh, shit, that's Glacier. And then I realized who the fuck that dude in front of me is. I was like, Oh, that's got to be wall. And I kind of turn around, and this motherfucker is literally a wall. The craziest thing is, I ended up in the seat next to them on the plane. Shoved against the window, because wall was in the middle seat. How the fuck are you going to put the wall in the middle seat, okay? This dude is like... His name is the fucking wall. Like, yeah. So I'm like, house seat or just two seats by itself. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm like this, like, smashed up against the wall. But I don't want to say anything because I got the you wall in Glacier like, ready to probably stop my ass. I'm sitting there, and I don't really want to bug him or nothing. And I have this tattoo. Wall looks over, and he sees my tattoo, and he's like, dude. You have a fucking corrosion of conformity tattoo. I was like, yeah, it's kind of like the one on your leg. And he's got this giant corrosion tattoo on his leg. And he's like, he's like, why the fuck didn't you say something? And I was like, 
dude, you're the wall. I didn't want to bother you. He's like, yeah, because I'm sure of that shit. Well, he's like, well, no bother, bro. And we we talked the whole time. He was the coolest dude. Uh, Glacier was super cool. Um, his real name is Ray, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> super cool dude. And he's like, it's no thing, dude. He's like, I talk to my fans all the time. And I was like, I know, dude. I was like, but, you know, it's Atlanta. It's a big airport. You guys are on schedule. And, you know, look, yeah. two minutes talking to me in an Atlanta airport means you miss your plane, means you miss your paycheck. And... I ain't oh, trying to shit. fuck with somebody's money, you know. money is some good shit. Yeah, I like, I ain't trying to fuck with nobody's money, especially when that motherfucker is 6 foot 11 and 340 pounds, okay? Hell <laughs> like, And he's like, nah, dude. I'd rather steal from my mama. Yeah, like, he's like, nah, dude, it's cool. <laughs> um, but we talked about it, and I, it was a, just a, one of those very random experiences that I was very lucky in that, and I had a blast with it, and um, it was, you know... You you run into people, I guess, in places, but that was so random to me that yeah. um, I flew to North Carolina of all places with no expectation of running into anybody and just ended up in the fucking seat next to Glacier and the Wall, you know, and and then of course the Wall uh, he passed a few a few years after that, and mm-hmm. it was even more surreal because having spoken yeah, to him, and he was a yeah. really really awesome dude, and. Uh, yeah, man, it's, a lot of them are. Yeah. And I think, like, but now, I think I, back then, there wasn't the kayfabe, so, you know, a lot of people yeah. were in character all the time. Right. You know, so if you were an asshole on TV, you had to be an asshole, you know what I'm saying, in public, because you had to keep up that persona, you know, because, God forbid, you know, real, real wrestling fans see you yeah. out there, you know what I'm saying, eating sandwiches and, and talking nice to fans without talking shit like you do on TV, they couldn't take it back then. Now we're in a different area with social media yeah. and, you know, all this other stuff to where, you know, they're not all assholes, you know, yeah. in and out of the ring. You have some who are, but then, you know, like, so back then it was a different time. You really yeah, I mean, there were characters back then. Like, I will, I'll be the first to admit, I know in real life he's a super nice guy. He's a minister now um, and whatnot. And I know he's nothing like his character. But the one person who scared the shit out of me as a kid, terrified me, was Nikita Koloff. Mm. Nikita was fucking... Dude, he was just... Like, he looked like he would rip your head off. And, I mean, he just was the consummate bad guy. And it wasn't even the Russian thing so much as he was big, strong. And, dude, that fucking Russian sickle clothesline was nasty yeah. I mean he so much force man it was like whoom and I was terrified of Nikita as a kid like I don't ever want to run across that motherfucker like I didn't want to meet him and shake his hand get an autograph nothing like you nothing, just stayed man. a fuck away from me you know like I think for me it was uh who the fuck it was it was Hogan Hogan was like but I really thought this motherfucker was dead as a kid. Like, I really right. thought the Undertaker was, yeah. like, this undead creature that came back and he could yeah. make lightning and all this other stuff. Until I got older, I was like, oh, this motherfucker just got yeah. some good special effects people yeah. back there in the back. I mean, they could so sell he, it back then. But when he came out and he did the eye roll and he would just fucking stand there and look yeah. at you without his eyes being there. I was like, that shit. 
It's yeah. fucking scary. Yeah. And then this nigga raises his arms and the fucking lights turn on and shit. Yeah. Lightning strikes. I was like. They could oh, sell man. it back then, man. Like. Yeah. Oh, Meng, Haku, whatever you want to call him. He was another one that just. Yeah. I mean, he's like that yeah, in real yeah. life. They say he's like that in real life. That They say yeah. he's probably the toughest man to ever walk in the ring. Uh, the only man that Andre the Giant was actually scared of is what they say. Yeah. Um, and he terrified me because Meng was another one that just looked like he was all business all the time. <laughs> like, um, you know, in, of course, coming from that family and all of that, you knew. Yeah, that, that family, man. You know, man. coming from the no family, but Meng was just on another level, man. Like, Meng was like, or Haku, whoever you want to call him. Even whether he was WWE or WCW, he meant business, was, man, and he was yeah. a big, I liked him big dude. Was Ming, I think, yeah, WCW, yeah, because he was part of Sullivan Stable. He was part of yeah. the the whatever. What was it? The Legion or well, something so, like that? Yeah, or the something. I don't. It wasn't Legion of Doom because that was no. obviously, uh, but it was something like the Legion or the uh, something Doom Doom Society, yeah. Doom Incorporated, something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah WCW. Um, I think Lance Storm was underrated. Who? Lance Storm. Okay, yeah, 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 for sure. I think he was technically yeah. he could fucking wrestle. He was just boring as shit. Yeah. Like, and there they were, tried to play off of him being so boring. It was still boring. There were a few. Malenko was one that grossly underrated. Um, Man um, of a thousand holes, but boring as shit on the mic. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just had another one in my head, too. Uh, Landstorm, uh, Malenko, and um, God, there was a third one I was thinking of too. That um, Perry Saturn, another one that oh, Perry you know Saturn was he couldn't speak boring. with the crap, but a boy could wrestle, you know. And I mean, whether you liked him or not, he put on a hell which of is, a match. He yeah, which is why I think now it's different. Yeah, nowadays because you got motherfuckers who can get on the mic. And that, like, like one of my favorite wrestlers to this day, always and forever, is The Rock. Yeah. Always. I don't yeah. care what he do. I drink his tequila because yep. I like him. And yep. it's a damn good tequila, too. But um, growing up and seeing The Rock, seeing somebody who could talk shit with the best of them. Yep. But still whoop your ass and back everything yep. he said up. And his fucking catchphrases and the yeah. uh, mannerisms. And it just everything about him was like, that dude is fucking cool. And I think that's why, probably why I talk a lot of shit like I do now because I grew up trying to mimic the rock and talk shit like him and, and, and follow that fucking blueprint. It was just like he could talk shit with the best of them and he fucking knew how to work the mic. Yeah. See, that's why I know a lot of people hate this dude. And I know he's not a great wrestler per se. But that's why I liked Enzo. Enzo. I liked Enzo. Hold on. I liked Enzo. I mean, he, he couldn't. He, he wasn't a great wrestler. But, dude, Enzo no. had that rock yeah, factor. Like, yeah. Enzo knew. You had Enzo a mic. He knew what to do. Like, just give me the mic and, and shut up and let me do my thing. And He could cut a promo. Yeah. Like, he promo. was. Like, even if you don't like Enzo as a wrestler or anything else, just put him in a, a limited role as a Heyman type of character. You know, like, straight up. Like, I think... Pipe man. I think they missed the boat on Enzo. I think a lot of people are missing the boat. Yes, I know the yeah. bad PR and all the stuff associated with Enzo. Which and Enzo doesn't know how to... Because it was... You know. 
it's, it's yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. because he really, um, it was really good. Yeah. Um, another person who I, I got to commend for coming up is Roman Reigns. He gets yeah. a bad rap. A lot of people don't like him because, um, for whatever reason, but his mic skills have got better. He's always yeah. been a good wrestler, but his mic skills was horrible. Like the uh, I mean, John Cena thing with him yeah. writing his fucking promo on his hand, allegedly. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, man, yeah. it's it's. I love wrestling. Yeah, um, it was one of the things. That so let me. I grew up on. So let's. Uh, since we're we're technically over the sixty minute thing, I don't even care. Um, we're going to transition, and we're going to end on this thought. Uh, because we're already talking about it, and I think it's a great topic to end on. There has been numerous rumors, speculation, whatnot. Rock is kind of joked about it and all of that. Um, your thoughts on The Rock running for president? That's... I know what I want to say. <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to say no. Um, only because two reasons. Okay. I don't think it's a bad idea. Right. I don't think it's a bad thing. And I, it's not like I don't think he can do it. Right. Um, it's just that I don't want him to do it. Um, and it ain't even like personal reasons. Everybody knows once you step into that seat, it's a lot of stress and everything that comes with it. Right. And I don't think The Rock can't handle it, but I don't want to see him fail, personally. Right. You know what I mean? Because once you step in that seat and it doesn't go well, you're tarnished. You know what I mean? Right. There's There's few jobs you can take and fuck up and still, you know what I'm saying, redo it. You know what I mean? You fuck up a movie, you can do another one. Two Fairy. You fucked up Two Fairy. He gave him a pass for it. <laughs> Two Fairy was bad. I think Rock is in a unique position, though, that even if he did it and failed, he's still going to bounce back because he's still going to be The Rock. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like he can do it. Um, would he do it? I think he wants to. I yeah. think he's strongly considering it. Um, yeah. I just worry about the politics. Yeah. That's the that's the part I'm worried about. That's what I mean. If you fell at that part, it doesn't matter if you can go up there and raise an eyebrow, if you've done a thousand movies. If you can't do the politics part of it, none of that matters. And, and, two and we've things. seen people who were uh, charismatic, uh, say what you want about Trump. I don't really have ill feelings about him. Um, some yeah. of the things he did or some of the things he let slide, I have a problem with. But he was charismatic. You yeah. know, call it what you want. He was charismatic. When he touched the mic, people listened. Yeah. Uh, he didn't know shit about policies. He didn't know shit about foreign policies. He didn't know shit about budgets, legislation, you know, none of that mm. stuff. So Here's, here's the know? thing with Trump. Here's the thing with Trump. Trump knew some things about policy. Trump's biggest yeah. failure was he didn't know when to shut the fuck up and not trip over his own dick. Um, well, that too. But, but, I mean, he had there a were, lot of... Yeah, there were things that he absolutely failed on, and there were things that he absolutely succeeded on. Yeah. We can debate which of those. Um, getting back to The Rock, there's two I reasons. Mean, I, I just feel like The Rock... I maybe and it's it's not. I'm not saying it's something he can't learn between yeah. now and when it's time to run. Um, 
just don't want to see the policy part trip yeah. him up. Yeah. And because here's the thing with me. Good place. Two things about the rock running. One, knowing that rock is pretty middle of the road on most things. He's he's pretty conservative on some things, but he's pretty liberal on a lot of things. Um, I think rock is really going to come across well to both sides because he can see it from both sides obviously very rich now but grew up very poor or grew up in what so i think he has the compassion and different things will politics jade him and tarnish that possibly but more than anything i want to see the rock run for one reason and one reason only the fucking debates i want to see the debates I want to see some politician. I want to see some politician get on that stage (laughs) and say something, and then Rock's like, "It doesn't matter what you think." So here's one of my favorite fucking things, and I and I and I love it. Shut up, bitch! (laughs) Exactly. It it doesn't even have to be that one. Raising the eyebrow, putting the hand out, anything during a debate. I would, as a politician, if I was a politician... That would throw you off your game. I wouldn't worry about debating other politicians so much. Somebody right. like The Rock, I would be absolutely yeah. terrified of because, one, you don't know what he's going to say, he's unpredictable, and two, he's trained to speak to off shit. the cuff and to make yeah. shit up. You know, to be... Spontaneous, yeah. and you can't prepare for that. Yeah. There's no speech that you can write. There's nothing that you, unless you can match him charisma wise. No for no. And there are no politicians I know of, maybe other than Trump or Ronald Reagan, who's dead, that could do it. You know, that's what made Reagan great. Reagan wasn't a great president. Reagan did a lot of crazy, insane shit. But the one thing about Reagan that I will say growing up during that era, the man was fucking unflappable. You couldn't say anything to Reagan that that man could not immediately come back at you, turn it around, and make you look like a dummy. When they tried to assassinate him, after they shot him, six months later in Germany, he's on stage, 12,000 people. Giving a speech, someone popped a balloon. Reagan didn't flinch. He merely said, Miss me. Like, that's a hard ass, okay? They've already shot you. And you don't even fucking flinch. You just say, Miss me. Like, okay, the man was unflappable. That's what made Reagan who he was. Because they couldn't find a politician who could match him on that. You know, you couldn't shake the dude. Um, And, I mean, he was an asshole, and he did a lot of horrible shit. I I will be the first to say that the war on drugs that they initiated was probably the greatest war crime ever committed. (laughs) Um, You know, like, I... I'm Look, I'm conservative. I'm a conservative libertarian. But I will tell you right now, you know... I know it doesn't mean much coming from me, but as a white dude, I feel like I have to apologize for the devastation that that man caused to 
the black community, the Hispanic community, and all the other communities, because it's, you can't even quantify in words how devastating it was, nah, you know. There's still a lot of people who's, uh, I guess, paying for that. Yeah. In the community, they're still. And will for uh, decades. Being, yeah, being affected by it, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know, I mean, I guess. One of those, it's one of those things where, I mean, it affected people, but I don't know if they moved on. I can't speak for everybody, yeah. but. It's just, it's one of the things, like, you know, as a child of the 80s, you don't, you know, being 12, 13 years old at the time, you really don't comprehend the scope of it at the time. Mm-hmm. You hear about it, you know, the D.A.R.E. programs that we all grew up with, don't do drugs, yada, 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 and you had all of these people that were talking, um, but as I got older and through the years and went to college and you see the physical effects of repercussions, yeah. You know, when you meet families that are torn apart by those policies, when you um, are in foster care with kids that are in foster care because of those policies, when you have college roommates who are... You know, <laughs> hey, I didn't have a dad because of this policy. I didn't have a mom because of this policy. It isn't just a nameless face on the TV anymore, man. These are people that you're interacting it with, you're in class yeah. with, you're sharing a bedroom with, you know, and you see that, man, and it's like, it takes on a, just another level. Like, God damn, man, like, you don't even hey, realize. You don't realize a lot of that stuff till you hit home. Like, I... I had some friends who I lived down the street from, um, not really affected by the drug thing, but they were foster kids. You know right. I mean? So I never grew up like that. I had my mom, uh, I had my dad at times. Um, but as an adult, I made my wife decide to be foster, you know, uh, foster parents. Oh, so bro. We do that. Um, so yeah, we, we enjoyed doing it. Um, and it wasn't like, and it was, it was mainly because, I've had friends who were in the system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Some of my best friends I'm still friends with to yep. this day. You know, we're adults, you know, they're out of that, but they were, you know what I'm saying, growing up, I didn't realize, you know what I'm saying, you hear about it, you see it on TV and this and that until you meet those people. It's like you said, yeah. you never realize what someone's going through. You can see them on TV or you can see someone in their situation. It doesn't affect you as much. You don't feel that sense of uh, duty. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or a call to action until yep. you grow up with people who are in the system or being abused yeah. by the system. You know what I mean? Um, I've heard, I've, you know, I've seen, you know, girls who were in the system and being, you know, raped or, you know what I'm saying, just being sexually abused yeah. in the system. It's like these are people who are supposed to be helping. Yeah. But they're actually hurting and just making these kids even worse because, you know, some kids, you know what I'm saying, they go through things. Like like you said, the war on drugs took a lot of parents away. So you lost your mom, you lost your your mom's in uh, jail or your dad was killed or whatever. So now, not only that, now you're in a system, your brother's sister being taken away. Um, And now you're dealing with these people who are, quote unquote, supposed to be helping you better yourself, but they're not. So I was like, me and my wife decided, like, if we do it, we have to do it. You know what I'm right. I know people who were in that. And um, like I said, as a football coach, you are you always want to help those kids. And I've always had a sense of wanting to mentor as a mentor in high school. Um, like I said, I coach sports, play. So I've always been 
looking out for the kids. Uh, we have a son, but we still bring kids. Like, we have one now who's staying with us um, for the week or maybe longer. And it's just like all different. I have kids of all different races come in here. Um, so I have learned, um, yeah. I wouldn't say tolerance because I've always been tolerant. And I've never had a problem with right. any race um, as a whole. You know, there's assholes in every race, so I can't try right. to blatantly like oh this race is that so right 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 but even having those kids in here is just a different world because every kid is different every yeah. kid's been through something different so it's like you have to be able to one um not be uptight not um you have to be patient because like i said every kid has been through something different there's a different reason why some of these kids are in the system it could be as little as uh, they talk back and their parents was like, fuck that, I don't want to have nothing to do with y'all. And then they yeah. get, you know what I'm saying, now they're in the system. Like, petty is that. So now these kids are hurt because it's like, I love my mom and I really didn't do nothing. So I don't understand why they don't want me anymore. And it's just like crazy. But um, it's just something that, man, I, like I don't really tell a lot of people about it because it's not like yeah. we're doing it for the, the clout or the respect or anything like that. We're doing it because I we felt like it was a calling that we had, you know. We have a big house, you know what I'm saying? It's just us and our son, so it's like, why not give these kids the opportunity, you know? And we, we were almost close to adopting before. It didn't work out, but, you know, it didn't stop us from doing anything. We still, now we're doing more respite than anything, so we're, we're letting kids there come over, you know, foster parents are having a little issue or adoptive parents or whatever, so. But it's just something that I felt like um, doing. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't even know that. Like, this is the, probably the first time I've said it, on any kind of airwaves, I don't even mention it on my show just because it's like, yeah, we're not doing it. Like, it's not no, no, it's... for the recognition or for the clout. You know, that's why I don't really tell people it's like, it's not about us. You know what I'm right. saying? It's about the kids and we, whatever part we can play. And um, the grand scheme of things, like, you know, you never know what kid might come through here and, and the love and the respect that we that. show them, you know, might yeah. help them one yeah. day feel like, you know, I appreciate what they did. So, let me. Let me let me say this, man. As a as a fifty year old guy who spent four years in foster care, going through nineteen foster homes in four years, um, you are as close to a superhero as uh, you can nah, get. Hell no, nah. no, be. seriously, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm. A, I, people don't hear me speak about this very often. They they hear me speak about being a foster kid and whatnot. Um, you know, or some of my weirder experiences or funny experiences and whatnot. Um, but let me just be serious for a minute. Foster care is a necessary evil in the sense that there are kids that are in terrible situations, but there are a lot of foster parents that absolutely should not be foster parents. There are foster parents who do it for all of the right reasons. I went through 18 foster homes, bouncing around because I was I was smart ass. I talked back. I was too smart for my own good. People simply didn't know how to connect to me, and I didn't let them. When I got to my 19th foster home, when I walked in there, they introduced me to them. This is Mr. and Mrs. Davis. And my first thought was, Damn, these motherfuckers are old as shit. He was 78 years old. She was 72 years old. 
They had been foster parents for 55 years. They had had 187 foster children. And 126 of those kids had had a developmental disability or physical disability of some form. Now, I immediately thought, I'm, this isn't going to work for me. Like, I, you know, I learned more in my last six months in that home working with Special Olympics because of the, the kid named Mike that I shared the room with, um, working with her and then the different things. These people were so instrumental in putting me on the path that I eventually took. Um, so there is good and bad in the foster care system. Yes. But the one thing I will say is foster parents that genuinely care, that are willing to take the time, that are willing to listen and do what is necessary, are very hard to come by. So the fact that you stepped up and did it, and are doing it and continue to do it, dude, whether you want to admit it or not, whether you want to hear it or not, that's superhero shit by today's standards, dude, because you don't know. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. If you touch one kid, do this. If you change the trajectory of one kid, man, that is one less kid that's going to go to jail. Yeah, there's one less kid that is going to turn to drugs or crime. The 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 statistics for foster kids going to prison, it's, yeah, it's getting on drugs, whatnot, astronomical. Yeah, like we like they show us the numbers because you know yeah. we take classes. You got to keep your license and yep. all that. The numbers of just like all those numbers, like it's like if people really terrifying. The numbers of like the sexual abuse, the the drugs, yeah. the the stealing, the jail, the skipping school, all these different things that people take for granted in normal kids is a lot worse than foster kids because one, yeah. they're already believing that nobody wants them, nobody believes yep. in them. So why should I believe in myself? Why should I care? I'm gonna do whatever I want to do because I'm gonna do what I want to do because don't nobody else care about what I do. Yeah. So there's already that. If you don't care, why should I care? Yeah. And, and so that was my like, attitude then, bro. Like, I, you don't give a shit. I, why trust you, me, we, we, we've had girls come in here. Yep. And I'll try to tell them, like, you got to respect yourself. As a woman, you have to respect yourself more because they're going to try to take advantage of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to try. The guys are going to try you. Um, But it's yeah. just like, we, my, like I said, as a coach, man, my, my I've had to tone down because yeah. I'm used to yelling. And, you know, yep. hellfire and brimstone as a coach. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. Um, on the field. But then when we get off the field, I had a lot of players who I would talk to, you know, talk about college and those things. Yep. Those are things that I've learned doing coaching and mentoring that I took into being a foster parent. It's like these kids are not unlike any other kid. You know, these kids aren't the devil themselves. You know what I mean? These kids are just kind of misunderstood or yep. or had a bad break or just was in a place to where their parents couldn't take care of them. You know what I mean? It wasn't nothing where it wasn't drugs or anything like this is like you know parents lost a job this and that just couldn't provide yeah. the simple thing they needed so it's just like i can't treat these kids like they're different than our son and we won't yeah. 
Exactly. So we yell you at can. our son. You can't. We, if so. we yell at our son, we're going to yell at you. You know, we yep. got our son cleaning, you got to clean too. Like, there's no, we don't play favorites. Uh, yep. We're not going to treat you any different because we want you to feel a part of this. Right. Um, that's a one thing that I noticed. Like, a lot of foster parents kind of alienate the kid. Cause yeah. It's like, you know, well, you're here because you're here, you know. Uh, so we're going to take little Johnny to get ice cream and, yep. you know, you can just feel right here. It's like, no, that kid is there. Yeah. You know, uh, black, white, Cuban and Asian. I don't care what kind of kid it is. Yep. They're there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be treated no different. You know exactly. what I'm saying? They should be afforded the same, um, rights that any other kid should take, like foster Ooh. child or not. Like it's just, it hurts my soul, man. Cause like kids are one of those things where, um, I have a soft spot for women yep. and kids. Um, funny you should say about the superhero thing because I grew up a Superman fan and I that was one of the things I was like I can change no, the I, world and save the world you know um, but, so I, I guess that I have a superhero complex <laughs> but it's there's that's the thing dude like there are so many ways and I hear people all the time say I want to change the world I want to change the world you know how you change the world truly it starts with you change your neighborhood Learn who your neighbors are. Yeah. You see them struggling. They need their lawn mowed. Go over there and mow yep. the lawn. Do nothing um, more. Do nothing more. Simple little shit, man. Simple things. I do this all the time. My neighbors next door, there's four of them. They're all on disability. Two of them are in a wheelchair. If I make food and it's still there the next day, I go next door. I knock on the door. Be like, hey, y'all hungry? Well, what do you got? You know, I, I, got, a big, I got a big pan of spaghetti here that... I made too much. Oh, we love spaghetti. Here you go, you know. Just little... It's little things. Little things. When you start changing your community, that spreads out, and that's how you change the world. Because if you do it, other people will see you do it, and they will imitate it. You change the lives of one kid. You don't know what that kid is going to do down the line. You You may be talking to a future serial killer, but you may be talking to the next president. Or you may be talking to a serial killer who thought it was going to be a serial killer and you, you changed them yeah. so they're not. You know? Exactly. You like, so that's why you got to be able to I, not have it's preconceived, yeah. preconceived uh, expectations. No, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. Like it's, when kids come in, some people already have this idea like they're thieves and I got to yeah. watch my shit and all this and that. So now you already labeled this kid before they even stepped in the house. You've already made it in your mind that you're going to treat this kid like a criminal. Right. So if you treat a kid like a criminal, they're going to feel criminal. like a criminal. They're going to turn into a criminal. Right. That's statistics. That's nature. That's yep. nurture versus nature. You know yep. what I mean? If you nurture a kid, they're going to turn out fine. Not all the times because you have some kids Nine you get all the love and still get fucked up. And then you have some kids you throw up in nature and it's fucked up. They turn out fucked up. That's just it's the that's it's the way of the life, you know what I mean? Yeah, you go, um, you you will fuck around and make me cry over here. Um, my bad. I, I'm, I'm, no, no, dude, dude you're good. Like, 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 it's just no, dude, you're I good. Like, <laughs> no, seriously, because I am. Like, I, I I tell people I'm a chameleon because on my show we don't talk like this a lot. No, we do it's, have these conversations sometimes, but it's um, real stuff, though, dude. Like whether yeah. it's serious, whether it's funny, whether we're joking or laughing about it. It's those real conversations that need to be had. That's what we shit like, like this, to do, man. You know I mean, look, I am, I am Viking. I am Aries. I the warlike mentality in me from that, you know, it goes deep. <laughs> but yeah. I am passionate about the Special Olympics, about foster care, 
about homelessness, stuff like that. So, you know, going back to the beginning, you said, you know, they they kicked in $100 for your thing. Shit like that means more to me than anything. Like, whether you're doing it for attention or not doing it for attention doesn't matter to me. It's the fact that you're doing it. Because me, there are so I, many I people that it don't wasn't do it. For attention for them, um, because again, the crazy part is we weren't even we were about to end the show, mm-hmm. and we were just mentioning like, hey, we're doing a food drive. We're going to provide a dinner for one family. That was hey, one family. We were going to do one family. Uh, yep. Me and my two other cats, my two co-hosts, we was like, hey, one family. That's what we're going to do. Next year we'll try to you know make it a little bigger. Two. Next year and make it two, nowhere, then five, then like, ten. Hey, how about this? We'll kick in. Right. We'll sponsor our family. So you will sponsor a family, we'll sponsor a family. He was like, God, you guys don't have to do that. I was like, no, no, no. We're going to do it. We'll That's get the saying. details. We'll be in contact. And like I said, and then I haven't, I, we really didn't tell our other sponsors. We were just like, right. hey, went down. It was like, hey, this is the budget. Uh, like I said, I think it was like $70, $67. Right. Because we bought a whole meal, turkey, yep. uh, dressing, you know, full meal, drinks, yep. dessert. You know, uncooked. You had to cook yep. it yourself. But here's a whole a box meal yep. for you, family, free of charge. You ain't got to pay for nothing. Yep, yep. Here's, you, you get your own meal. We got a meal for you. So we provide. We end up doing seven dinners this year. Nice. Only started out doing, planning on doing one, but we got enough donors to do seven that's, dinners this year. See, and that's um, it, right, right there, man. Next year we plan on doing. I, they said, "Oh, well, we did seven. Let's do ten. I said, "No, we're doing twenty. That's we right. only. It's like what? I was like, "Yeah, we only. Next plan year on we doing." doing I'm going to up to Annie on that. Next year, we're doing 25. Because I will personally pledge right here and now. By next year, come around and hold me to this. I'm doing five families by my damn self. Period. Well, next year, we plan on doing... Uh, we thought about the toying around with the idea of just doing turkeys. Because it would be easier. And we could do a lot more people that way. Right. So, if we just do... Uh, I think turkeys were... Thirty, forty dollars. I figured, like, you know, next year, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we just just do turkeys. You know what I mean? Because that'd be the main thing a lot of people don't get. Yeah, is a good turkey. So it's like, fuck it. We we'll, we had the idea, you know, uh, you watch uh, New Jack City. You know, Nino yep. Brown rolling up with the turkey truck. Uh, Frank <laughs> Lucas with the turkey truck. We was like, fuck it. Doing the turkeys is actually a lot easier, uh, but we can do a lot more people. Right. Um, so I think we're toying around with that. We we still have time because again. Right, we're about twelve months away, but yep. uh, we will we will keep you in mind, man. Um, yeah, that I'm. Come. We, we I, this our, is, our thing is the people. We um, yeah. we want to give back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, like I, I I told people, I like we don't want to be just a podcast out here entertaining people. We also want to help people yes. um, any way we can. I wanted to do a toy drive this year. Yeah, it's just so crazy. So many things yeah. going on, um, and time was limited. So I was like, you know what? We'll plan, start planning this year, but next year we'll have a toy drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving and then a toy drive. Yep. And uh, there's something my dad used to do that I kind of want to get to. My dad used to do a truck. He was a truck driver. So he would use to No way, really? All these, yeah, my dad my, was a truck driver. <laughs> dude, my, my dad's in his 52nd year of driving semi. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I literally grew up in the front seat of a of a Peterbilt truck, so yeah. I, my dad he used to go around to like Gildan and all these other different places, and yep. he used to have like irregular sized clothes. Okay, you know? so my dad used to take those clothes and go to the homeless and make care packages and pass out hoodies and t shirts yeah. and sweatshirts to the homeless. 
Um, so I kind of want to get back to that for his legacy because um, before he All passed right. away, he was doing that and he wanted to do a lot more. He was give out care packages, book bags full of like toothpaste, deodorant. Yeah, uh, you know, dude, that's the vital thing, man. I'm um, I'm I'm gonna say this real quick because we are gonna wrap this up. We are like way longer than <laughs> I normally would go, but I I'm not. When I get into situations like this, like I know I say the shows are sixty minutes, but sometimes you get into conversations like this, and I don't cut them off because it's important shit that I want people to hear. Um, the homeless thing, little book bags like that with socks, toothpaste, yeah. and care products. Y'all don't understand. Again, man. I've been homeless. Yes. I lived in a homeless shelter. My two oldest kids, I met their mother while living in a homeless shelter. Um, little shit like shampoo, toothpaste, <clears throat> clean socks. <laughs> T-shirts, man. Man, you a different person when you got some clean socks on as opposed to dirty socks. Okay? Yeah. I'm going to tell you. So shit like that is crazy, man. Um, yeah, my dad used to, because my, my dad was homeless for a while. Um, yeah. So he became a minister. Yeah, he, like I oh, said, nice. he, he um, you know, he turned his life around. Like I can tell, any of my dad, we're not gonna get into that because you know no, timing. Right, right, right. But, um, but like I said, he became a minister. He's still driving trucks a little bit here and there, but he was doing a lot for the homeless man. He um, once he would go to homeless shelters and just really just give big dumb trash bags full of hoodies, t-shirts, socks, underwear, you know what I mean, stuff like that. Then he would put together these care packages with shampoo, little shampoos and deodorants and toothbrushes, mouthwash, you know, the essential things he would put in these bags and just go and hand them out throughout Cincinnati. Um, And he did it. He was up in Detroit for a while, too. He lived up in Detroit. He was doing it up in Detroit. First Um, light. He lived lived off of uh, eight mile. First light. We got, we got a ticket, bro. About seven years ago, seven years ago, we walked down Cass Cass Avenue in Detroit. Me and a whole bunch of friends, first harvest, we gathered, we did a a, a drive, we gathered like $3,700. We took $3,700, we bought water, we bought snacks, socks, all kinds of shit, and we walked down Cass Avenue, which is where most of the homeless is in Detroit, and we were handing these things out. Fucking police showed up. They tried to arrest us because they said we were soliciting. We were breaking uh, what they called the picnic basket law. I was like, what the fuck is a picnic basket law? If you, quote unquote, feed the bears, is how they referenced it, they will hang around. They don't want the homeless to hang around, so don't feed them, don't close them, don't give them things, because then they'll stick around and expect it. And I'm like, you fucking serious? Like... They were going to arrest us. And that is one hill that I was willing to die upon, bro. I was like, you know what? Then arrest my ass right now. Because... It's, it's, it's policies like that, they, that. That's why the world is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because... Not to get into it, uh, you know what I'm saying? No, it's... Reasons, but there's it so is. many things that America pays for, countries pay for, period, that we don't fucking need. Or, yeah. or, or good resources to be put somewhere else. Or, you know what I mean? Just, or, un, like, if the country's in debt, how do you expect a motherfucker, a normal person, to keep their bills paid? If yeah. a country who prints and like, makes money, why do you sells care? weapons, is in debt, how is you expecting an average person yeah. who is not making trillions of dollars to not be in debt as well? Yeah. But might, you hold you hold the normal person to a higher standard than you hold yeah. the country. The country is, what, 
ten trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, they'll, they'll be they are kids will be paying that debt back, and their kids, or well, their kids' kids will be paying yeah. that debt back. But Capital One is calling me for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Well, my thing to the cop was, <laughs> our thing to the cops was, this is money out of my pocket. The yeah, fuck like, you care how uh, I spend yeah. my money? Like, what are you jealous at? You ain't getting. Here, you want some water? You want a sandwich? Like, what's up, bro? Like, here, get, grab some t-shirts and some socks. We don't care. Like, but don't don't tell us that we can't help yeah, other just, human beings because you referring to them as animals, bro. Like, that's, you're not referring to them as animals. Starts. Like, you call it the picnic basket law. That's referring to fucking Yogi Bear, bro. You referring to them as animals, okay? You Pretty can much. wrap them words Spin up. It. Any kind of way you want, but when you say the picnic basket law, it's motherfucker, there's only one reference that you can make from that in history where you would refer to a picnic basket. Okay, <laughs> that's an animal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, I, again, like I said, that's just it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, just policies and all that, but yeah. So to to, to wrap all this up, dude, tell everyone where they find you. Where they find your podcast, where they find you, where they find information about things like this that, you know. Uh, a couple places. Um, my personal Facebook page, Darius DC Chambers. Um, our podcast page on Facebook is What The Shit Podcast. Also, our business company where we do a lot of the charity work is Black Legacy Productions. Um, you can find us on Instagram as well. Um, what this shit all one word underscore podcast there is DC Chambers all one word Black Legacy is there as well um, the other podcast I'm on is Blurred's Eye View I also produce a podcast called Smoking Reviews uh, so um, doing a lot man We're, you can find the show pretty much everywhere live shows every Wednesday at 8pm Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, Twitch and YouTube um, all the replay audio goes on Captivate, so I have a Captivate site. Yeah, um, you can go on there. It's on our uh, page. I um, love Captivate. Shout out to dude. That is, it, it, <laughs> it makes as so a podcaster. Money. If you don't know Captivate, man, it will make your life so much easier. I'm telling if you. Use an anchor. You know, yeah, yeah. Like you can't calculate in time or Captivate. dollars. What that little twenty or thirty dollars a month you pay for Captivate will save you yeah. going forward. In the long like, run, yeah. It is so underpriced for the service they offer, man. Yeah, it's like I think I'm paying twenty month a month because I yeah, do that's what I pay. I didn't want to pay all at once, but I was like you know. twenty dollars a month. Anchor's free, but for twenty dollars a month, I'm getting so much. You get guest booking. You get yeah. yeah I mean, it's just yeah. That's what I'm saying booking. though. Like Anchor, We're on Captivate. Or, yeah, like Captivate, Anchor. bro, is. Like it's so far above and beyond. Um, uh, but yeah, Pod Chaser. I'm on Pod Chaser. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of different. If you go to pretty much anywhere, you can find me. Um, probably there. But the shit is everywhere right now. Um, I got to. I would be remiss if I didn't shout out two groups. One being Kick Up Your Heels Entertainment, uh, our PR firm out of Toronto that has been showing us so much love. They came me to me before. And again, I, I'm one of them humble dudes. I don't know how these people find me, but they keep finding me, and I appreciate it. Um, anytime somebody finds us and wants to work with me, um, to me, it's always a humble experience, man, because not doing this for long, um, 
it's just it's still new to me right um so kick up your heels entertainment is a pr firm in toronto and i also have to shout out our media firm uh media group we're a part of what the shit is a part of wmic media group out of new york um they picked us up they wanted to work with us um so we ain't been with them long but they've been showing us so much love so hopefully sponsorships come through soon and we can do a lot more good yeah and uh upgrade a lot more shit so we can uh i want to get we want to get a building so we can not yeah. only host our podcast there in one location but let other podcasts come in and Dude. you know what i'm saying use the facility to you know, we're trying to build a podcast, not just a podcast network, but just a network of dope-ass, yeah. talented people, period. Yeah. Um, I always believe that there's always enough room at the table for everybody to eat. For I don't real. believe in that you can't be on a podcast with another podcast because you're a podcast and it's competition. Fuck that. You know your you, lane. You look. know what you can do. Competition means nothing. Um, talent beats work when hard yeah. work don't work. <laughs> look, here's the thing. And I'll end on this note. AD Empire, for example. Perfect example. This man could want to take all the credit and just say, I'm going to keep these boys under my wing. I'm going to tell everyone about them, but I ain't going to share it. But that's one voice. He tells me, I tell another person who tells another person. Now instead of one cricket chirping their name, now they got five crickets chirping the name. Okay? That's how you build... Shit. I, I'm not one of them people. I didn't discover AD Empire. Well, no, I'm not saying you did. No, because there's a lot of people who have a like an artist who been out for a while, but they somehow get in touch with them, so they exclusively want to keep them to themselves. Exactly. I'm not reinventing the wheel. Exactly. I'm just trying to build the car, but it takes a lot of other people to help build this car. Right. I mean, you gotta have people who know the sound system. You gotta have people who know the tires, who know the engine. Right. My philosophy is. I don't mind sharing the spotlight. I don't have an ego. I don't mind. Like I love that they're getting the love. Yeah. Like I like when because my and I want to I want to say this before we go. My dude had made this joke. He's like a lot of people who come on our show blow up afterwards. We need more credit. I said no because as Jay Moore and I love this quote. It's not me. It's we. They come on the show and blow up. That's cool. But it yeah. makes us look good too without us having to beat our chest and stand on the table saying give us credit, give us credit because that makes us look desperate. Right. The credit's gonna come, the accolade's gonna come. I'm just happy that we get to share the stage with dope ass people, hear dope ass stories, have a dope ass time, and it's all real and it's all love. Yes. And if they blow up, I'm happy for them. Our time will come because what's for us is for us. We yeah. can't take somebody else's shine and try to make it our own because that light won't fit us. Well, th- and that's the <laughs> whole, the whole point of this. Okay, I'll tell you right now, there are those folks out there. They getting paid to do this. Rogan, Gilbert Godfrey, George Lopez, mm-hmm. those guys. Obviously, they're getting paid to do this. Me, this dude, a lot of other folks. This is an expensive hobby right now. Okay, like, oh, yeah. like this is an expensive oh, hobby. Man. We do this because we love it. it. <laughs> if I didn't love talking to people, or yeah. When that light turns on, I get to speak my truths or talk shit the yeah. way I want to without being censored because I really don't give a fuck about a censor. Yeah. And exactly. I, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, because this, this I'm telling you right life, now, <laughs> this takes time. This takes money. Crazy and time and money. Um, do it right, you're not going to sleep sometimes. Yeah. Um, to do, thank you for doing this, man. I didn't mean to keep you for two hours, but I'm this is really... Like this. I can talk shit. 
I know, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm saying like this is one of the realest ones that I've done, and this really means a lot because we touched on stuff that I didn't even plan on touching on, but it's that's, really that's close and personal it. to me, man. So, um, um, I appreciate you having me, man. Like yeah. I said, that's the beauty of um being real. Um, yeah, a lot of things that you don't plan on talking about are gonna come because um, no matter what kind of faith you have in or you believe in um, that serendipity of like hey we might not you might not plan on talking about this but that voice tells you speak on it somebody right. I always say um, somebody might want to hear our story yep. I tell it all the time about how our podcast started and people, I know how that back in my mind I'm like people will probably get tired of hearing me say how people didn't want us and I wasn't supposed to be doing this but that voice says tell that story because there's probably somebody going through the same thing right now yeah. who can learn from you who can see if you're doing it in less than a year yeah. that person you might be the change that yeah. they can need to help keep them going like I had a conversation with a guy on Instagram or a girl I don't know who it was but they were looking at their numbers it's like oh my numbers is low I feel like giving up don't give up Fuck them numbers. Do not look yeah. at the numbers. Yep. Do it for the love. Yep. Do it for the conversation. Do it for you. Because you don't, don't do know. Numbers. You don't you know. Like... know whose story, who, your story can help somebody. Yeah. And I've always, that's why I told guests when they come on our show, I can't tell your story for you. You have to tell your story because coming from you means a lot more than coming from me or TMZ or yep. someplace like that. Yep. For real. With that, man, I'm going to wrap this out so that it's pretty close to a two-hour thing. Um, for for real though, that just this means so much, bro. So, um, I, I hope this is me. not the only time that we get to do this, and I oh, look man, forward hey, to. Uh, again, I can I can talk um, shit for hey. No, I it's like I, I said, bro. Um, <laughs> um, this is the ish list. This is DC Chamber or Darius DC Chambers. Look him up. I'll look up um all of his stuff. He told you where to find it. Um, get that done. Promote everyone we talked about. Uh, do little things, man. I always end with this thought, but it's always be well, treat each other with kindness. Uh, a smile goes a long way. You don't know how a little smile can change someone's day. Um, pick your opportunities because little menial things to you might mean so much to someone else like just little little things you don't think about in your day to day life can literally change a life man so um it's kind of reflect on it it's the holiday season and you know it's the season of giving and the season of goodwill so yeah you know just think of unique ways that you can be of service uh to other people you know cause there's a great feeling that comes with it. Like, I promise you, you will sleep better at night after helping someone. Like, you just will. I mean, it's that simple. So, uh, with that thought, we're out of here. We'll be back soon with another episode. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be. Um, well, I do know who it's going to be. It's going to be AD Empire because uh, we're talking to them on Monday. So, um, that one will be... Guys, Adrian and Lucas. Yeah. Um, so, with that said... Uh, we're out of here.